0: S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Previously on Camp Dino... Bo headed off to a summer camp in the middle of the jungle, thinking he was going to some boring dinosaur camp, only to arrive and find the camp full of real dinosaurs. Bo met a girl named Zeta, who quickly became his first friend, like ever. He also met Ash, a bully who, with his band of carnivores, plans to make Bo's life miserable. Luckily, before they could ruin his first day at Camp Dino, they were stopped by dino dung dropped on them by a mystery boy. Bo doesn't know who the kid is, but has affectionately dubbed him the Dung Bomber. After attending orientation and receiving his class schedule, Bo and the other new kids were given their dinosaur egg and told to take good care of it. Bo set his red egg down into the big nest under his sleeping tree and went to bed. As he drifted off to sleep, his egg started to crack. And now for episode two Hatched. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Camp Dino. Most of Bo's dreams during his first night at camp were of him galloping around the jungle atop a majestic Triceratops. All the other kids were praising him for how regal he looked on his new pet. In one of the dreams, his dino even smushed ash in his goons underfoot. This one, unfortunately, was cut short by warm morning light pouring through his treepiece fabric. Rubbing his head, he sat up in bed as a ship's bell gonged somewhere in camp, Just to make sure the whole first day of camp wasn't a dream, he quickly peeked his head out of the treepee and looked around. To his relief, he saw kids swinging down from giant jungle branches and stepping out of the bath yurts already dressed for the day. Some of the older kids were feeding and playing with their young dinosaurs down below. The bell gonged again. Shoot! Glass! Oh no, he was going to be late! Bo grabbed his fedora and bag and ran, more like carefully marched, across his branch to the bath yurt, where he showered and got dressed for the day. Noticing that he was the last one out of his tree, he hopped onto the platform and spun the ship's wheel, which lowered him down the trunk. As he approached the ground, he saw a group of curious kids huddled around the nest. Zeta was nearby, trying to climb the tree without any ropes. She jumped down when she saw him. There you are, she said, brushing off her hands on her camouflage shirt. What took you so long? The first bell gonged like half an hour ago. Bo stepped off the platform and walked towards the group of kids surrounding the nest. I was busy dreaming that my dinosaur stomped on ash. Sounds like a great dream. One of my better ones, for sure. Bo pulled his schedule out of his big backpack and looked it over. I'm not going to lie. I thought all of this was going to be a dream. Wasn't sure I'd still be waking up in the middle of a jungle surrounded by dinosaurs. I'm with you there. Zeta looked him over, confused. So? Where is it? Bo raised an eyebrow at her over his schedule. Where's what? Are you being serious? Your dinosaur, Bo! Bo stuffed his schedule into his pocket. What do you mean? It's with everyone else's in the nest which of course is currently being blocked by a bunch of inconsiderate baboons. What are they staring at? Zeta smiled. Bo, they're looking at a hatched egg. Your hatched egg. Yours was the red one, right? Bo's brain did a flip. Slowly, he pushed through the group of kids and looked down at the nest. There was his red egg not just broken apart, but shattered in hundreds of little pieces throughout the nest. Is this yours? A red-headed girl said, seeing his shocked expression. What, you don't have it? She laughed. Look at the shell all over the place. Whatever you've got here, it doesn't look too keen on sticking around. Have fun finding it. The other kids laughed before running to class at the sound of the final gong. Want me to help you find it? Zeta said, walking up to him. I'm not afraid of whatever it is. I can wrestle it into submission if you want. Still in a daze, Bo squatted down and picked up a piece of shell. I can't believe it. My first night here, and it just explodes out of its egg like like a hand grenade? What kind of species would... Earth to Bo, Zeta said behind him. Did you hear a word I just said? Sorry, yeah, I heard you. No, you go to class. I'll meet you there. Suit yourself. Don't go getting your hand bitten off while I'm away. I'd hate to miss something that cool. She smiled and headed off to class. Bo was left, scouring the ground for a trail of shell pieces. He observed a few footprints that led away from the nest. Let's see, three toes, two legs, a decent stride. Must be a theropod. Maybe a Spinosaurus or a little Coelophysis. Or an ornithomimus? You're talking to yourself, Zeta shouted back at him from a distance. All the great minds do, Bo called back. He followed the footprints and shell pieces across the clearing and into the trees just beyond the massive gathering hut. For a second, Bo's imagination ran away from him, and he imagined a baby dragon bursting out of the gathering hut, burning it down to ash using its fiery breath. Don't be ridiculous, he told himself after the daydream. Dragons are real. Then again, he hadn't thought dinosaurs were real. Yet here he was wandering around the jungle looking for a baby dinosaur as if he was looking for dropped lunch money at recess. Focus, Bo, he told himself, it's gotta be around here somewhere. Judging by the red shell, there is a good probability that the dinosaur itself will be red. A red theropod. He remembered Pa's instructions from orientation about how they were supposed to be there for the hatching and that they were to gently stroke their baby dinosaur's head to welcome them into the world. Clearly he missed that moment. He hadn't been there to welcome it into the world like some nurturing mother. Would his dinosaur hold it against him? Would it bite his hand off like Zeta said? Bo's mind was spinning as he made his way around the galley, where a few kids came running out of the torpedo hole holding armfuls of breakfast. Emil Beau was obviously going to have to skip. He glanced at the shipwrecked cafeteria longingly. The smell of pancakes and sausage wafted out of one of the shattered windows. Tuku, the pudgy monkey, was hooping and howling triumphantly as he came running out holding a stack of pancakes on his head, a shouting kid chasing after him. <laughs> Bo felt a crunch under his shoe. Lifting his foot, he found another piece of red shell, along with a bunch of half-eaten pancakes and some footprints. The pieces of food looked like they'd been thrown around like confetti, chunks littering the ferns for the next several feet. So you like pancakes, huh? Bo said to himself. We could have enjoyed those birthday pancakes together, but no, you had to jump the gun, didn't you? He continued deeper into the trees. He came to a deep creek lined with mossy rocks that snaked between the trees. A few older kids floated on rafts with their dinosaurs. Good boy, a girl said, patting the thinned back of her infant Spinosaurus after it snatched a fish out of the creek. Bo saw some more trampled bushes and what looked like some more pieces of half-eaten pancake on the other side of the creek. There he is came a familiar voice behind him. We've been looking for you, Buzzhead. Bo stopped and turned to see Ash and his carnivores pushing through the ferns towards him. I told you I'd see you around, Buzz Lightyear. Ash's friends laughed. The spiky-haired boy was getting close. Bo didn't see any counselors around to help. What's this? Ash looked at the creek. Did you in class to go swimming? Uh, actually, I'm not much of a swimmer. Ah, don't be so modest. Here, let me help you. Ash and his goons charged. Bo looked around in a panic for a way to escape, not seeing any bridges across the creek. He grabbed onto a nearby vine and swung across just before Ash could grab him. Ouch! Watch it! said a kid floating down the creek after Bo's oversized backpack accidentally whacked him in the face. Oh, oh, sorry, Bo said, letting go on the other side and falling into a bush. He jumped up, fixed his hat, and looked back at Ash and his buddies, who were scrambling to grab vines themselves. Bo turned and ran into the trees, glancing over his shoulder as the carnivores made it across the creek. He ran faster, jumping over ferns until he bumped into something and fell back. At first, Bo thought he'd run into the trunk of a large tree. But as he got to his feet, he found himself looking up at a massive man. The man might as well have been a tree. He was tall and thick. Muscles bulged out of his green, bulletproof vest, making him look like a grown man trying to squeeze into a kid-sized life jacket. Sweat dripped down his bald head and down his dark, stern face. "'What are you doing out here?' came the man's deep voice. Bo cowered back, looking over the man's many knives and a huge metal bow. "'I I was just—' he stuttered. He glanced around and saw that Ash and his friends had disappeared. He turned back and noticed something sticking out of the tree just beyond the man. There were giant blue arrows protruding from it, pinning a strange tribal mask to the trunk.' Blue liquid dripped down the bark. I-, I was just, he said again, still staring at the arrows. The man noticed Beau's gaze and stepped in front of the tree to block his view. Why aren't you in class? The man glared down at him, and to Beau it felt like a massive wave was about to come crashing down on him. I, I lost my dinosaur, Beau whispered. "'What do you mean, you lost it?' "'I mean it hatched, the shells in a million pieces, it bolted, it ate some pancakes, it vanished. "'And now my first class has already started, I've been chased down by carnivores, "'I'm lost, and I've run into some Rambo warrior who's gonna eat me for lunch, and I can't—' "'Bo?' came a voice behind them. "'Bo's rant came to an abrupt stop, and he turned to see Kirby Wolf "'standing by his motorcycle parked next to the creek. "'Why aren't you in class?' Bo was beyond relieved to see Kirby, but was hesitant to answer his question. I may have, possibly, could have misplaced my dinosaur. You lost it? He lost it, boomed the giant man. Bo nodded sheepishly. Kirby shook his head and chuckled. No worries, kid. It happens all the time. We'll find it. Come on, I'll give you a lift to class. Then I'll ride around camp to see what I can find. Oh! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you! <laughs> Bo hopped over the ferns, glancing nervously back at the giant, and practically jumped on the back of Kirby's motorcycle. The other man glared at him as they rode off. You might want to be a little more careful around Boom," Kirby said as they weaved between trees. Around what? Boom, our camp security guard. He's a little rough around the edges and doesn't like it when kids wander around the outskirts of camp alone. He's a good guy, but he's got a short fuse. He's fought in a few wars and has survived years by himself in the jungle. They don't come much tougher than old Boom. I once saw a Triceratops charge him and bounce right off his chest. It was a young Triceratops, but still, the guy's a rock. Bo thought about how easily he had bumped off the guy and knew the story had to be true. It was pretty incredible hearing Kirby refer to someone else as a little rough around the edges, considering that's exactly what he thought of Kirby when he first saw him. They came to a big yurt made of crisscrossing dinosaur bones. Here's Dr. Rex's class, Kirby said, stopping the bike. We call this the Boneyard. Pay close attention to Dr. Rex. He's one of the smartest people in camp, and you won't find anyone that knows more about dinosaurs. If he could be one, he'd be one. "'Seriously, you'll learn a lot from him. "'I'll circle around a few times "'and probably give up to go chill in the hot spring, "'but I'll let you know later if I find your dino.' "'Thanks,' Bo said, hopping off the bike. "'Gavin!' Kirby called up to a kid in a nearby tree. "'Get the class! "'Don't make me blow-dart you off that branch!' "'Bo looked up and saw the dung-bomber "'sitting recklessly on the edge of a high branch, "'carving a piece of wood with a big knife.' The shaggy-haired boy barely reacted. He just paused to give Kirby a look that was somehow both incredibly cool and super defiant before returning to his piece of wood. Kirby shook his head and tossed his long, dark hair out of his face. That kid. What's it gonna take? He put his glasses back on and nodded to Bo. See you around, kid. He revved his bike's engine and took off. Before walking into the bone yurt, Bo looked up at Gavin and gave him an uncool salute. Gavin sort of nodded back. Bo tried to be quiet as he stepped into the bone yurt, but he still managed to interrupt Dr. Rex's lecture. The handsome safari clad counselor paused to welcome him. It's all right. Come on in, mate, he said in his thick accent. It's Bo, ain't it? That's right, Bo said quietly. Sorry I'm late, I just lost something. Don't worry about it, Bo. We were just talking about when dinosaurs roamed the Earth. Take a seat. All of the girls sitting in the front row looked annoyed that Bo had interrupted this perfectly sculpted Greek hero of a man. The only one not swooning over him was Zeta, who was waving to Bo from somewhere in the middle of the desks. He hurried over and sat down. The desks were all arranged in a circle around a flat-top boulder in the center of the room. The boulder was being used as a small stage for Dr. Rex to stand on as he spoke. Behind him, hanging from the ceiling on dinosaur claws, was a projector screen showing a timeline of the dinosaurs. Bo could tell from the image being displayed that he hadn't missed anything he didn't already know. "'Did you find it?' Zeta whispered to him. "'No,' Bo whispered back. Zeta's eyebrows shot up. You're just gonna sit here while it runs around camp? What if it walked right out the gate? You don't think I haven't thought about that? I looked all over the place. All I could find was a bunch of broken shells and pancakes. Pancakes? Yeah, pancakes. Apparently this thing has a taste for hot breakfast. It's probably already cleared out the cafeteria by now and is waddling around like an obese lizard somewhere in the jungle. So it should be easy to find. That's what I thought, but then I got chased down by the carnivores and bumped into Boom. Boom? The security guard? The huge guy? I thought he was a totem pole when I first saw him. Then he moved and I was like, whoa. I tried to ask if I could check out his knife, and he looked at me like he wanted to eat me. That's the guy. Everything all right back there? Dr. Rex asked from atop his boulder. More girls turned back to glare at them. All good here. Sorry. Bo shriveled in his chair. Dr. Rex smiled his dimpled smile. Bo here knows a lot about dinosaurs already, don't you, Bo? Bo swallowed and then nodded. I guess. Don't be so modest, Zeta nudged him. He's a total dino nerd, she announced to the rest of the class. Dr. Rex held his smile. Nothing wrong with that. Why don't you tell us what dinosaurs are and what time period they roamed Earth, Bo? Well... Speak up, mate, and stand up so we can all see ya. Bo got to his feet. He could feel his stomach squirm. He hated speaking in front of a bunch of people. Dinosaurs are a group of reptiles that lived millions of years ago during the Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous time periods. That's right! And do you know when the Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous periods were? The Triassic period was from about 248 to 206 million years ago. The Jurassic period was from 208 million to 146 million years ago. And the Cretaceous period was 146 million years ago up until the extinction of dinosaurs at around 65 million years ago. Let's hear it for Bo! Dr. Rex cheered. There were a few weak claps from the group. ''Well done. You can sit, mate.'' Bo took his seat and Zeta gave him a satisfied thumbs up. ''I asked Bo to tell us a little what he knows to show you what you all know by the end of summer. As Bo just said, dinosaurs were around for hundreds of millions of years before we showed up. There were around 700 known species of them and their fossils have been found in all seven continents.'' "'Those of us lucky enough to study those fossils are known as paleontologists. "'We're scientists that dig up bones and fossils "'in order to study living things that have become extinct. "'This yet,' he motioned to the stacked dinosaur bone walls and ceiling, "'was created using bones that I myself found. "'I dug up this butte in Wyoming!' "'He pointed to the chandelier made from a massive, gaping T-Rex head.' Normally, these would be locked up behind a glass case in a museum, but since I now have living dinosaurs to study, my and pa said I could use them for a much more interesting purpose. The T-Rex chandelier suddenly chopped down and the whole class gasped. (laughs) Ha ha ha, gotcha, Dr. Rex laughed, holding up a little remote control. (laughs) Hee hee, Dr. Dribble helped me make it do that. One of the younger kids directly under the chandelier was practically in tears from fright. Even though Beau's heart was racing from the prank, he had to admit it was kind of funny, and the contraption was quite impressive. Although the sight of his least favorite dinosaur suddenly coming alive was something of a nightmare for him, he'd secretly been dreading the moment he bumped into a T Rex at camp. He looked around at the rest of the dinosaur bones making up the walls and ceiling, to see if any others looked like they could be rigged to come alive. There were raptor skeletons that were facing one another, and even an ankylosaurus skeleton was positioned with its bald tail jutting out by the entrance, being used as a lever to turn the lights on and off. Beau noticed the long, bony neck of a brachiosaurus wrapping around a hole in the ceiling, like some kind of ornate crown molding. The place was pretty magical for someone who was obsessed with dinosaurs. Ahem, came a voice at the front of the class. Beau looked up and saw Sloppy Joe, the camp cook, standing by Dr. Rex's boulder and holding up a huge stack of dinosaur-shaped pancakes. You asked for breakfast to be brought to you? She said in her sing-song voice. She looked abnormally done up for the occasion, her apron spotless, and she was bouncing her eyebrows at Dr. Rex. "'Oh, hi there, Joe,' Dr. Rex said, taking the plate from her. "'Thank you. Look at that breakfast. There must be twenty hotcakes on there. You didn't need to bring this to me. I just asked one of the students to grab some extra food for me between classes.' He picked the decorative jungle flower off the top pancake and raised an eyebrow at it. "'That's nice.' The girls in the front row were glaring at the cook. Sloppy Joe didn't seem to notice, let alone care. She just kept batting her eyes at Dr. Rex. There was a long, awkward silence. Subduing a smile, Dr. Rex glanced between the cook and his students, trying to give the woman a hint. Finally, Sloppy Joe noticed and snapped out of her trance. "'Yes, yes, better leave you to your students,' she said, slowly backing out of the yurt." Ooh, is it warm in here? <laughs> it's a little hot. Must be the pancakes. They're fresh. I can see that. Thanks, Joe. Sloppy Joe almost tripped over herself on her way out. Dr. Rex set down the plate. Sorry about that, class. Something came up this morning and I missed breakfast. I'll dig into these after our lesson. The girls in the front of the class were the only ones that laughed heartily at his cheesy pun, Bo rolled his eyes. "'What are they giggling about?' Zeta whispered. "'That wasn't funny.' Bo was about to respond to her, but froze. For a split second, he could have sworn he saw a little red tail disappear behind the boulder. "'Did you see that?' he said, sitting up in his seat. "Uh, "'Yeah, those girls need to simmer down,' Zeta scoffed. Bo saw it again. "'No, that!' He pointed, but by the time Zeta looked, the tail was gone. "'Where was I?' Dr. Rex said, looking over his notes. "'Ah, yes, paleontology!' Suddenly, a little red dinosaur with yellow stripes jumped up onto the boulder behind Dr. Rex and let out a roar. The whole class jumped and the kids in front screamed. Bo's insides shot up into his throat. He watched the little dinosaur lower its menacing head and let out a spit riddling roar from its fanged mouth. No, he muttered. It was a T Rex. But not just any T Rex, a red T Rex. His T Rex. The dinosaur roared some more, and Dr. Rex kept smacking his remote and clicking it at the T-Rex chandelier. Don't worry, mates. It's just shorting out. Probably I have to have Dr. Dribble come take a... He stopped talking as he heard the sounds of something tearing behind him. Confused, he turned to find the baby T-Rex, biting down under the projector screen and tearing it off the ceiling. (laughs) It growled and chewed on it like a giant piece of lettuce. Dr. Rex's eyes bulged. Blimey, a Tyrannosaurus Rex! He took a few steps back as the little red creature, about the size of a small dog, lowered its head and charged his plate of pancakes. The first several rows of kids sprang up and ran to the back of the class. Ha ha, would you look at that? This little fellow likes him some hotcakes, Dr. Rex said squatting down next to the dinosaur. The pancakes were disappearing quickly as the little dino's razor-sharp teeth chewed through them. Staring wide-eyed at the feasting T-Rex, Bo slowly got to his feet. Pancakes? Not pancakes? Now there was no question whose dinosaur this was. Zeta looked between him and the dinosaur as she too made the connection. No way. You got a T-Rex? The whole class, including Dr. Rex, looked at them. The room fell silent except for the ferocious sounds of the T-Rex's chewing. Is this your dino, Bo? Dr. Rex said enthusiastically, carefully stroking the baby dinosaur's back. Bo couldn't respond. Crikey! Come on up here and introduce yourself. I- I'm okay right here, thanks, Bo stuttered. It's all right, mate, I'll help you. Bo shook his head. I, I can't. I-, I gotta go. He turned to leave. Hold it, Bo! Dr. Rex called out. Bo froze. The sounds of relentless chewing had stopped, and he could feel eyes on him. Not just from the other campers or Dr. Rex. He slowly turned to see the baby t rex staring at him, pancake covering its tilted face. He recognizes your voice, Bo, Dr. Rex said with a smile, stroking the dinosaur's tail. For a long moment, Bo and the little T-Rex locked eyes. The dinosaur's big yellow eyes studied him with curiosity. Bo could feel his heart quicken. Please don't let this be my dinosaur, he thought. Please, anything but this. Dr. Rex saw the terror in Bo's face and dismissed the class early. No, Bo, you stay, he said as Bo tried to leave with the others. Zayda, you may leave. Zeta had been waiting by Bo's side, her arms folded. I'll see you in a bit, she told Bo before stepping out. Bo and the T-Rex held their gaze. Come here, mate, Dr. Rex said quietly. Don't worry, I'll protect you. Bo swallowed and inched his way over to the boulder, where Dr. Rex stroked the little dinosaur. Up close, Bo could see its scaly chest moving quickly, its ribs coming into view as the stomach inflated and deflated with every breath. It was panting like a puppy. The yellow stripes down its back and tail were jagged like lightning bolts, and its oversized head looked hard and strong. Bo could see that he'd not only eaten through the huge stack of pancakes, but had chewed up half the glass plate as well. Go on, pet it, Dr. Rex encouraged. Bo hesitated and then reluctantly reached out his hand. The T-Rex immediately snapped at it, and Bo jumped back. <sighs> oh, see? See? I can't have this one. Please, give me any other dinosaur. Five brachiosauruses, and an army of little compsignophuses, or a Parasaurolophus that I can ride around and do little tasks for the... Bo, Dr. Rex said calmly. Look at him. He senses your fear. T-Rexes have a sharp sense for reading people. Just calm down, take a deep breath, and try again. Bo closed his eyes, let out a long breath, and then, peeking out of one eye, reached out and set his hand on top of the dinosaur's head. The T-Rex let out a low, guttural purr as he made contact. The scales were warm and smooth. A couple softer spots on the skull dipped in a little as it breathed. Bo opened his eyes. The T-Rex was still panting like a dog, but its posture looked more relaxed. I think he likes you, Bo, Dr. Rex said, patting him on the shoulder. The T-Rex snapped at him and he held up his hands. (laughs) Chauza, he's already protective of you. We'll have to work on that. What am I supposed to do with it? Bo said, his strokes getting slightly more comfortable. How about we start by giving it a name, eh? It's a good start to building a relationship of trust. Bo looked over the T-Rex's features, his intimidating yellow stripes, the long, sharp claws, the drooling fangs. How about my worst nightmare? What do you think of that, huh, nightmare? Nighty? Dr. Rex tilted his head and raised an eyebrow at him. I think we can do better than that, mate. Bo sighed and then tried again. He looked over the T-Rex and noticed that two of its top fangs jutted out over its bottom lip. It sort of made the dinosaur look like Dracula, and he was blood red. But Dracula was a terrible name for a dinosaur. The teeth were buck and kind of funny-looking. How about Buck, or Bucky? Dr. Rex smiled. I like it! Old Buck! He gave Bo another pat on the shoulder, and again the dinosaur snapped at him. <laughs> oh, there, Buck! Dr. Rex laughed, holding his hands up. Bo laughed a little as well. This is really special, Bo. We haven't had a Tyrannosaurus Rex hatch here in years. They're extremely rare, especially one with this coloring. You'll need to take extra good care of him, But it won't be easy. He's a free spirit and a natural alpha. It may feel like you're being dragged around most of the time. But don't worry, I'll coach you through it. For now, I just want you to spend the rest of the day following Buck around, alright? Let him sniff out the place and explore. I'm going to give you a harness and a leash to put on him, but that doesn't mean I want you yanking him around. It's just for gentle coaxing if he tries to get into places he shouldn't be. At night time, there are hooks at the base of your sleep tree. Tie off the leash there and give him a snack before you go on up to bed. Got it? Bo nodded. Let him drag me around camp and try not to get eaten. Got it. Dr. Rex smiled. That's about right. Suddenly, they both looked down and realized that Buck was gone. Jumping to their feet in a panic, they found him several feet away, taking a bite out of one of the desks and looking back at them innocently. Dr. Rex went to pat Bo on the shoulder, but stopped himself when he got the evil eye from Buck. (laughs) Good luck, Bo. From the second Bo and Buck stepped out of the boneyard, they got stares everywhere they went. Buck dragged Bo all over the camp. They stopped for Buck to chew on ferns. They stopped for him to growl at a couple of brachiosauruses. They stopped for him to go to the bathroom right by the galley entrance. Sorry, sorry, I can't really control where he does it. Bo told the kids as they plugged their noses and walked around the pile to get into the cafeteria. Buck snapped at them and then chased after Tuku, the monkey that swung by in the trees. There were a couple of times where the dog-sized dinosaur literally dragged Bo across the jungle floor. The leash was basically pointless. Bo tried to pull on it as Buck gobbled up a couple of backpacks, but Buck just wagged his tail at him as if he were nothing but an obnoxious fly. Six eaten backpacks, four horribly placed dung piles, five laps around camp, and countless dirty looks later, Bo finally called it a day. Dirt and leaves stuck to his sweat-soaked body. He was exhausted. He was sticky. Every muscle ached. His voice was hoarse from shouting Buck three million times. All he wanted to do was curl up on one of the giant jungle mushrooms and fall asleep. As the sun set behind the trees and the creatures and fireflies around camp started to glow, he dragged his feet back to the blue tree. When they got there, Buck jumped onto another kid's stegosaurus and started chewing on one of its back plates. Hey, get your dino under control, the other kid said, desperately pulling the whimpering stegosaurus out of harm's way. I come a some bugle-fazam, Bo mumbled, too exhausted to form real words. Zeta caught up with him just as he was tying off Buck's leash to the tree. Every time he tried to tie a knot, Buck just growled and yanked the leash free. <laughs> Where have you two been? Zeta asked. Taking the leash from him and tying a clove hitch knot, securing it to the tree. You weren't in any of the rest of our classes. You missed the bonfire. We go. Run around. (laughs) Too tired to speak, Bo pantomimed his day. Sounds like you two had some fun without me, Zeta said with a laugh. Have you given it a name yet? Buck. Bo sighed. I like it. Hey there, little Bucky. She reached down to pet him, but Buck snapped at her. <laughs> Woohoo! He's got some spice. I like that. I hope mine's got spirit too. It's a big fat green egg, so it's probably just a lazy brachiosaurus. At least that's what the counselors are telling me. Well, I better let you get to bed. I might want to take a shower before you hit the treepy, though. You both smell like sweaty armpit burritos. Good night. Right, Bo mumbled back to her. Somebody whistled next to him. It was Gavin, the dung bomber, holding out a plate of pancakes. Swiped it for your dino, the boy said quietly, most of his face hidden behind his long bangs. Thanks, Bo said, taking it from him and setting it down for Buck. Buck immediately tore into it. Before Bo could say anything more, Gavin was already going up the lift to his branch. Bo collapsed next to his T-Rex that burped a couple times as it reached the bottom of the plate. Unable to pick himself up and get on the lift, Bo nestled between two giant roots and sighed. (sighs) Before he could fall asleep, he felt something nudge under his arm. He looked down and saw Buck squeezing his big red head under his arm as he curled up next to him. Together, they fell asleep to the sounds of Buck's satisfied purrs. Hey, Rocketeers, I hope you guys enjoyed that second episode of Camp Dino. I'm sorry I was losing my voice there towards the end, but we got through it. It's done. I'm really loving this story. I'm really excited to keep going, uh, and I hope you guys are enjoying it, too. I've got some shout-outs to do. I want to give a big thank you to patrons Gigi and Emmett from Bothell, Washington. What's up, guys? I hope you're liking Camp Dino. I also want to give a shout out to Tirza and Alethea and Simeon in Minnesota, and also Matthew from Alberta, Canada, and Autumn and Owen in Missoula, Montana. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you guys are liking these stories. It sounds like you are. And I'm going to take a second to also read a couple reviews from Apple Podcasts. This one is from Kangaroo. I like that name, Kangaroo. That's super cool. And the title is, I love Camp Dino so much. I think Bo's dinosaur is a T-Rex. Please keep on making more Camp Dino episodes, and I really think Bo's dinosaur is a red T-Rex, and I really think you should make more episodes. (laughs) Thanks, kangaroo. You called it. Red T-Rex. I know some of you sent me emails calling it too, so good job, guys. There's some more dinosaur reveals coming up. What is Zeta's dinosaur going to be? Hmm, I wonder... So we have another review from earlier this year. This one was submitted by Dog World. And this, the title says, why are you reading this? Just listen to the podcast, exclamation marks. And it says, all right, I'm going to be brutally honest. Any review that starts with that, you guys, is going to be good. All right, I'm going to be brutally honest. This isn't the most popular kids podcast in the world. But seriously, give me one good reason why it isn't. Bet you couldn't think of any... I am almost 11, but this is in my top three favorite podcasts. This is my order of favorite series. Number one, Space Train, two, Grandpa's Globe, three, Digger, four, Winning the Pixie Knots, five, Knights of Spatula, six, Winglings Under the Willow Tree, seven, Life. I have reasons to like what I like. I like Space Train because I'm a nerd. I like Grandpa's Globe because I'm into geography and Sawyer's kind of funny. I like Digger because Dylan and Mac remind me of my life and other kids. The memories that Dylan has reminds me of my own life. Honestly, that's amazing and inspiring. I was interested in Winnie and the Pixie Knots because it's geared towards kids my age, and I listen to them at night. It can get a little creepy, like episode 10. And Knights of Spatula was just an awesome idea. While jousting in episode three, I literally broke the spatula I was using. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Winglings Under the Willow Tree actually is really good. The story was filled with plot twists and fun adventures from the light side. I had to put life at the bottom of my list because I personally thought it was kind of boring. Maybe it was because there were no continuing episodes. Hmm. Maybe it was because I had already learned the life lessons. That's awesome. Kudos to your parents. But seriously, Greg is a thumbs up and smiley faces. Never stop making episodes. Please, please, please. You guys, this is such good feedback. I love hearing this stuff i I don't necessarily love reading about myself personally, but I love reading about what you guys think about stories and uh and it's awesome i i li- I read these. I love your feedback. I love hearing what you like. maybe what you don't love that's totally cool too. I mean, everybody's gonna be different, and everybody's favorites gonna be different. So this was from a, f- a few months ago, so hopefully dog world that's your username. I hope you like Camp Dina too. I hope it made the list somewhere in there, hopefully above life. <laughs> but anyway thank you so much for leaving that review rocketeers go ahead leave your reviews wherever you get your podcasts and if you can't support the show on patreon purple rocket podcast is on there you can support the show anything and everything helps and real quick a big thank you to my mom roxanne webb as always for editing this story and cleaning it up mom you're awesome till next time rocketeers this is your host greg webb